Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 283. You're not going to believe this. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he has a system for almost everything, including how he's organized his closet, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and thank you so much for joining me today in session 283 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. We've got a really quick story to tell you. So before Social Media Marketing World here in San Diego, which is an event that happens every year in March, which I highly recommend if you're gonna go, uh, I will be speaking there next year, and I would love to meet you. But anyway, this previous year, I was able to work with a co-working space called WeWork here in downtown San Diego. I'm a member, it's great. And I was able to utilize the space in the back, which was quite big, to put on a little event. And WeWork was fantastic. They made everything very easy. And this little event that I wanted to put together was just a way for people who were coming into town and entrepreneurs who lived in San Diego to come together in one spot, all meet, just hang out before the event started. Well, this little event that ended up turning into a big event with about 400 attendees. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of networking was happening. We had some amazing tacos. I mean, if you're in San Diego, you got to get tacos, right? But there was one particular person who I met there. Her name is Cassidy. And when I found out what she did to get there, I was kind of blown away. Uh, Not only that, she had this box that she had with her that she gave to me as sort of a gift. And in this box was a model DeLorean. And in the DeLorean were succulents, So the DeLorean was basically like a planter, which was really cool. I've never seen anything like that before, but I didn't quite understand what was going on. Well, Cassidy told me that when I had emailed my list a day earlier, letting them know that spots had opened up for this event, because we we originally capped it at 150, then WeWork was like, no, just let everybody in, it's cool. So I sent an email and said, hey guys, if you're on the wait list, like just come on by, it's open. And apparently when I did that, Cassidy spoke to her husband and drove to San Diego from Utah the day before the event. She dropped off the family in Vegas on the way, literally driving from Utah, and then came over and just got in a couple hours earlier in San Diego, and then, and then there she was. Uh, and when I learned more about what she was up to, it just blew me away. She's making six figures a year in succulents, teaching people how to plant 
and nurture and grow succulents online. And I was like, dude, I have to get her on the podcast. And I'm really excited because she's here with us today. She's the featured interview and she's just such an amazing person and so nice and so caring. And I just want to thank you, Cassidy, before we even get started um, here in the intro, just to say you are amazing. Uh, not only because you took that time to drive from Utah and talk and convince your husband, like, like I would be like, who's this Pat Flynn character? Uh, why would you drive there? Anyway, um, just thank you so much for the support. And uh, I'm so happy to feature you here. So succulentsandsunshine.com is the website. And we're going to get into her story, how she built it up, and the whole thing right now. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome Cassidy from succulentsandsunshine.com to the show. Cassidy, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So really quick, I want you to tell people, what is it that you do? What is your online business? I think this is going to blow people's minds when they hear this story and how it all kind of unfolded. What, what do you do? So I have a website all about growing succulents and just teaching people how to take care of them, mostly indoors. And then also I'm kind of branching into growing succulents in areas that, um, well, like Utah, where they, we have a freezing temperature. So what is a succulent for everybody out there who doesn't quite know what that means? Um, yeah, so succulents are a type of plant. Um, so most people will recognize like aloe vera, um, cactus are also in the succulent family. Mm-hmm. Um, that sometimes confuses people. Um, cactus are succulents, but not all succulents are cactus. Um, but yeah, they're just a plant that stores water. They're pretty drought tolerant. So they've gotten a lot of popularity over the last few years, um, especially in your area where there's yes. been a, a big drought. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, we, we, we had a gardener come in and, and give us a list of the because uh, we have we have an HOA and there's certain plants that we can use and there's certain ones that we cannot because of water usage and most of the ones that were on the yes you may use um, I mean it was all succulents from a lot of them were at least um, so I'm very familiar with them myself now I have a big question to ask you if you don't mind sharing however open you want to be with it like how well is this business about helping people grow and plant succulents doing um Awesome. So initially I had set a goal to make like a thousand dollars a month. And I thought like at most I could maybe hit 5,000 a month. Um, but yeah, in 2016, we ended up grossing just over a hundred thousand. What? Six figures from succulents guys. Like I hope this, this tells you that it doesn't really matter what you do. What matters is how well you do it. And I think and obviously, when you go to succulentsandsunshine.com, you can see that you have a lot of products to offer. You have a lot of content. And you've been doing this for a little bit of time. When did this all start for you? So, um, it kind of started in 2012. I That's when I bought my first few succulents. And um, I'm actually a photographer by profession. So, I'd been just photographing them and mm-hmm. putting them on my photography blog. Um, and then the whole online business thing kind of piqued my interest. So I put analytics on my site and realized that no one was visiting my photography, but all of my traffic was um, for the succulent pages. So um, in 2013 is when I switched it over to be its own website. So that's when Succulents and Sunshine was born. Um, So I did have a few articles before then, Mm -hmm. um, but that that was kind of the big start when it became a real business. And, the, and was succulent something that you were kind of 
you know a pro at before or was it kind of just like a side thing while you were kind of doing your photography stuff it was definitely a side thing um i didn't know anything about them before i started so um i was looking for information on how to grow more um because i'd heard that they propagate or reproduce really easily mm-hmm. and um i'm kind of a details person and i couldn't find a really detailed step-by-step of how to propagate them um so i just started experimenting and that's what i was putting um on the blog was just like hey this week you know i'm doing this with my succulents and we're gonna see what happens and essentially that's been what you know the blog or website has been ever since is just um a combination of me experimenting with different things and then also um in the last couple of years, I've done a lot more research and networking with uh, more professionals or experienced uh, mm-hmm. succulent growers. That's so incredible. So, okay, $100,000 plus and probably going to grow from that because, uh, pun intended, because <laughs> of the, uh, the the new exposure that you're getting because it's just, you know, you're probably writing more articles and, you know, creating more courses. What kinds of courses do you have to offer? What, what is this audience looking for from you? Um, so right now the only course, um, I mean, I guess full course I have available is called successfully growing succulents. Mm -hmm. Um, and that basically just, it's for beginners. So it walks you through everything from buying your first succulent through maintaining it after it's been growing for a while, um, and everything in between. So basically just, um, hold your hand through the whole succulent buying and growing and, um, maintenance process. At what point in your journey after 2013 and you started to kind of go, you know, into the succulent sort of arena a little bit, uh, did that course come out? So it actually just came out November, 2016 was when it launched. Ah, okay. Very cool. So it's new. Yep. How, how else were you generating an income beyond the course? Um, so I, I think in 2014 is when I published my first ebook, um, and I've done about one a year since then. So there's there's four total. Mm-hmm. One of them is just like a very quick guide. Um, so ebooks, and then also um, just display ads, banner ads. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2015, 2016, I really started into affiliate marketing. So between the between you know info products, um, ad revenue, and affiliate programs, um, the income's kind of balanced now between all of them. A pretty pretty even split. That's so cool. What, and and were you doing photography sort of full time, uh, kind of before, or like what was your what was your job? Do you still have a job? Um, you know, in addition to this, or is is this thing like your full time effort right now? Um, so this is my full-time effort right now. Um, so it's actually put my husband through graduate school, which has been awesome. Wow. Um, but yeah, before I started the blog, well, let's see. So in February of 2013 was when I like bought the domain Seculents and Sunshine. Um, and at the time I was working, um, I was working part-time as a photographer. It was just freelance, Mm -hmm. but I was making roughly a full-time income. Um, but the company that I was working with decided they wanted to bring on, um, someone full-time. I was making enough that they wanted someone there 40 hours a week instead of like 20, 25. Mm -hmm. 
but they didn't want to pay any more than they were paying me. So I didn't want to work double time and make the same amount of money. So that's when I got the crazy idea to just go with the succulent blog. <laughs> and yeah, my husband was like, yeah, sure, we can do it. He, he, had, a, um, he had some funding over the summer for his research, and I was making a whole $100 a month from succulents and sunshine at the time. But yeah, just decided to give that a shot over the summer, see what happened. And then, you know, if it wasn't making enough by the fall, then I figured I'd go back to finding more clients and um, doing more freelance photography. Okay, so you did have some sort of like a deadline almost to kind of make it work first before really diving into it, like and committing to it full full time, right? Yeah, yep. And then what, what, what an incredible response related to your husband in terms of like what he thought about this. I could imagine some partners kind of questioning the idea to do this. What, what, why do you think he was so on board with you going down this route? Sometimes I really don't know. He's, uh, <laughs> he's just awesome. He's been really supportive with, um, the whole thing and looking back, I'm like, man, that was, that was kind of crazy that we decided that was a good idea. Um, but yeah, I think he just knew that I, I was really struggling with kind of a, a nine to five type job and mm -hmm. photography has always been my passion. And so, um, we both kind of saw it as a good way to, um, to make money through photography, but have it be a little more, um, stable, not have to work as hard to find clients and all of that. Um, and then also, um, we ended up Let's see. So then my, my son was born in 2014. So it was a good way to kind of transition to having a work from home job so I could stay home with him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it all sounds like it worked out uh, perfectly. I'm sure there was a lot of struggles though in the beginning when you finally made that decision. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give this a chance. I'm going to, I'm going to go full on with it until the fall to see if it works. What was going through your head? What were some of the challenges? What were some of the struggles during that point as you were building it up? Um, one of the things was just getting traffic. So, um, all of the traffic I'd been getting up to that point was, um, actually search traffic, mm -hmm. which is bloggers that are kind of in my circle of friends right now are barely getting search traffic. So I was kind of unusual in that way. Um, but it was just kind of figuring out how to get people to the site beyond what I was getting already. Um, so I'd looked into doing, well, I, I played around with, um, Pinterest was kind of new ish at the time, mm -hmm. new to me anyway. Um, so kind of started working on that and then just building out, um, building out content was kind of a struggle cause I couldn't, I felt like I maxed out on what I could write about succulents which is really ironic to me now because I have like pages and pages and pages of ideas um, oh, interesting. to write about. But Actually, go, go a little bit deeper in that. Well, I mean, how come you thought that you had sort of ran out of topics and what was the shift or when did that shift happen in terms of, wow, I actually do have a lot to talk about and even more. Um, so I think it was that I, so I think I felt kind of maxed out because um I, I kind of stopped experimenting with what I was doing. Um, so I had written about like, um, I think at that point I'd written about soil and watering um, and propagating and kind of in my head that was, that was it. That was, that it. was all. <laughs> yeah, like that's all you need to know. 
Um, but then it was actually in the, uh, let's see, I think it was in, well, yeah, I guess it would have been around that time. Um, I, I started, um, my email list around then and kind of had people start asking me more questions like, Hey, how do you do this or this? Um, and I'd also been kind of building my network of succulent experts and realizing that, um, not everyone knew kind of some of the more details about succulents. There's just a lot of like little aspects that most people hadn't written about. There just wasn't a lot available online. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was just kind of delving into some of these smaller topics and really um, kind of fleshing them out, making them very detailed. Love it. Love it. Okay. Now let's go back to, okay, getting traffic, getting people to find you beyond the search engines, which was it like a great gift, obviously, and but it, it, it was a point to you that yes, this is something people are interested in. How else were you able to finally start generating new traffic from there? So Pinterest ended up being huge for me at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one um, one of my posts about propagating succulents. I felt like went viral on Pinterest. <laughs> um, it just I'd had you know a couple thousand people repinning it. And that started really driving the Pinterest traffic um, and then just kind of consistently playing Pinterest game of making sure I was consistently um, adding new content, both of my own and other people's. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that made a big difference, and I think you talked about this in one of um, your um, one of the podcast episodes, but um, just formatting the images for Pinterest. So now with every blog post, we have what we call a pinnable image. Um, So it's basically just a vertical image that has like the title of the blog post on it Mm -hmm. or some sort of catchy phrase. Um, And those have done really well um, on Pinterest. And then we're kind of moving into other social media a little bit. But um, yeah, that made made a really big difference to kind of figure out some of those guidelines for Pinterest on how to increase traffic. So before the first book came, what was the traffic like on your website? Like how many visitors were you getting per day on average? Um, maybe a thousand. Wow. I mean, it's still a great yeah. amount. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't huge. And even when I launched the first ebook, I think I sold, so they're $10 each, but I think I sold like 10 the first two weeks I had it out mm-hmm. and um, I'd been listening to, um, a lot of, well, a lot of SPI and just other people, you know, talking about launching a product and like, you know, having these, you know, six figure launches and I'm like, I made a hundred bucks, um, which didn't even quite pay for, I hired a, a graphic designer to lay out the book. And so I, it took me like two months to make up that $400 and what were so you feeling I, I, at like from that launch? Were you kind of deflated from it because you were expecting more, or were you kind of okay? Like a couple people wanted it. Like let's see where it goes from here. It's kind of a little bit of both, um, and honestly, most of my launches have been that way. I'm like, okay, people are buying, so something's right, huh, interesting. but not quite as um, not quite as many as I'd expected. So it was enough that it made me want to do more. Um, 
and not enough that it made me want to do want to do more. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it was it was motivation to work a little harder to to promote it and get it out there. But it sounds like after the launches, you know, maybe they went didn't go as well as expected. It seems like based on what you're saying that well things started to pick up at some point. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been I I would say that I consistently would sell like one every other day after the launch, you mm-hmm. know, so it was definitely regular um and that was really encouraging that like okay new people coming to this site they're finding the ebooks they're purchasing um yeah so there there was a lot of consistency throughout that that made me want to keep working more mm-hmm. um to add more content and these these were ebooks that were being sold directly off your website right they weren't sold on amazon or other places Right. Yeah, they are available on Amazon, but initially um, they were just through my website. Awesome. Now, I want to know from your point of view, when did things finally start to click for you? Was there a aha moment or some sort of event or, you know, or, or like, because it, it seems at this point, it's like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be consistent enough for me to, you know, last and, and, and come fall. Like, I don't think I can... Like, was that enough for you to say, okay, in the fall, like, this is enough for me to keep going? Or do you think that you needed more? And then when did more happen? So, um, let's see. So in 2013, that year that I kind of, you know, set that deadline for fall. Mm -hmm. In July, I actually ended up making about $3,000 that month. And so I could kind of see the potential there. And that's when I thought, okay, I could probably do Mm $5,000. But interestingly, it took me till the end of 2014 to actually hit the $5,000 revenue mark. So it was kind of up and down since then. And I think um, part of it was just um, part of it seasonal. So um, usually my peak in traffic and income-ish is in May. And then it just gradually declines till October, November. Mm -hmm. So... um, it was good that I had made that much over the summer because the next, you know, that fall, it didn't do nearly as well. And actually, um, the following summer, I was about ready to say, okay, I need to kind of abandon the blog and just go back to doing photography because it hadn't increased as much as I'd hoped. Um, but that's actually when I got, um, the offer to write the idiot's guide. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So that's, that's sort of like, the like a dummies kind of book right but it's a different brand yeah yep so um so in 2014 that summer when I was kind of on the fence about whether or not to keep going with the blog um I actually had four different publishers contact me about writing a book on succulents and a bunch of my blogging friends were like trying to get book deals and then four kind of fell in my lap um, which That's was insane. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was a really, it was a really good experience, but, um, I realized with the other publishers that I'd have to stop selling my eBooks. Um, and I wasn't really willing to give up that money for maybe that much down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd act, I turned down, three of them, I guess. And then that's when the idiot's guide approached me. And, um, I don't know if I can share how much I made from that publicly, but you don't um, have to, you don't have to. 
But yeah, so interestingly though, I had set a number in my head of how much I, I had just told my husband, you know, if someone paid me X amount to write a book and then there were no strings attached afterward, you know, no commissions for me, but you know, I can still publish whatever I want. I think I would do that. And Idiot's Guide came to me with that exact amount, um, just like a month after I'd said that. So and you, you didn't insane. even tell, tell them that amount? Like that's just what they came to you with? Yeah. Yep. They just came to me with that. They had no idea no. That I'd set that number. So that was kind of a, a sign to me that was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And so what was going through your, your head when you're like, wow, they came to me with this, this, and it was for like an advance, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, I, that kind of reaffirmed to me that succulents were going to be the way to go. Um, and I had actually just like kind of finalized my photography portfolios, well, a sample to like go start approaching <laughs> new clients. And then just like a week later, got the email from Idiot's Guide and got that all finalized. So it was perfect timing. That's um, really cool. But yeah, it just kind of made me realize, okay, I think I think this is really the direction I should be. Why going. do you think they reached out to you? Um, kind of the so the response I had gotten from all the publishers is they were just searching online for um, for succulents, uh, whether it was on Pinterest or on Google, and I was usually the one that came up first and had the best imagery. Wow, most, interesting. Yeah, most garden blogs aren't especially attractive. So that was something that really made succulents and sunshine stand out was, uh, I'm a little biased, but really good photography. <laughs> well, that, that, that superpower of yours definitely helped out here, obviously. But okay. So, um, tell us about what it was like to write that book. Cause I know there's a difference between, you know, writing your own book and publishing your own stuff and having it be yours self-published versus, kind of go in the more traditional route with getting an advance and having like however many people say yes or no to certain things. What was that experience a, a good one for you? What, what was that like? Um, overall it was actually really, it was a really good experience. Um, so they, when, when we signed the contract, they actually had an outline page by page what they wanted in the book, um, which was fantastic. So I didn't have to come up with, okay, here's the sections I think we should have. Um, it was just all laid out for me. And then I kind of got to tweak things and say, well, this can only be a certain number of pages, but this one needs, you know, more space. Oh, that's so um, interesting. Yeah. Cause um, as you probably know, like figuring out the content of the book is like the hardest part and mm -hmm. how to structure it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was really nice to have, you know, a guide already for what they wanted. And then the editor that I worked with, was really just fantastic. They were, she was really, I don't know, lenient is the right word, but just very welcoming of any suggestions I had. And I was surprised at how few edits or revisions they made, um, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I go back and forth. <laughs> probably good. I was, I was <laughs> it was probably good. Yeah. So, and the, the nice thing is that the style of the book, um, like the voice was very similar to how I'd been writing on the blog. So they wanted it conversational, um, which was nice. Cause I don't know if I could have, I think it would have been a lot harder to write it from a more technical standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was really good. The, the hardest thing. And at the same time, the best thing was I actually wrote and photographed the whole thing in 
just over three months. What? Oh my gosh. So yeah, <laughs> that's That's so it was like a daily, every day kind of working on this. Yeah. And so I, um, so it was in the winter, which is a horrible time to buy succulents in Utah. Um, there's not much of a selection. Um, and my sister-in-law had actually just, or not my sister-in-law, my sister, um, had just been laid off from her job. And so she ended up being my like photo assistant, travel companion, babysitter, everything. Um, so we took, I can't remember now if it was two or three trips to Southern California to both buy succulents and, um, purchase, uh, yeah, buy succulents and photograph them. Um, cause that's kind of where my network of people, uh, in the succulent world was, mm-hmm. um, And then my parents had two extra bedrooms and a bathroom at their house. So those turned into the greenhouse potting shed and photo studio. And it was just kind of a a beautiful nightmare, but really good. That's so cool. (laughs) Everybody came together to to, to help out. And um, so what what was it like for you to finally kind of finish that last photograph and put in that, that last period? Um, I was actually, I never wanted to see another succulent again. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm so done. So done with succulents. That's that's awesome. Um, Yeah. So, okay, take me through, okay, after the book is done, uh, what was it like to to see it for the first time? I mean, did you get a first kind of draft of it to check out before it was on the shelves? Yeah, um, it was really exciting just to kind of see someone else putting together what I'd, what I'd done and so much, uh, content. Cause I think my eBooks are, you know, 30, 40 pages and they're mostly pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, which this one also is, it does have a lot of photos in it, but you know, 240 pages is insane to see uh, your writing and your photography there. That's so cool. I mean, so. I'm on Amazon right now. It's, it's it has like 51 reviews, uh, average like 4.7 stars. That's 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 amazing. Um, and and you were kind enough to uh, gift me a copy at an event that was uh, held here in San Diego not too long ago. And I've already told people in the intro the story behind that, but I wanted to thank you publicly for, you know, just kind of dropping what you were doing and driving from Utah to San Diego, dropping your family off in Vegas, and 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 again, just kind of confirming how awesome your husband is for kind of just going along with that and you know it was such a pleasure to meet you and that's you know I wanted you to come on and tell your story because I knew it was going to be great I didn't even have to ask you about it because I was kind of getting bombarded from a whole bunch of people at that at that time and I mean it's one of my favorite things to do is to go and meet new people but in a setting like that it's hard to get deep into a story so I just wanted to wow thank you so much for uh coming on the show i mean we're not done yet i have, I have a few more questions to ask you but um thank you just i want to do that publicly well, thank you. I mean, I, I feel like it's really cliche to say that SPI changed my life, but really, I mean, it really has. Like, I was listening to SPI while I was doing the photography job before I quit to just do, or let's see, when I, yeah, the photography job before I quit to do just succulents and sunshine. And that was kind of what motivated me to be uh, a little bit daring and just make that leap into That's so it. so cool. But, Thank you, yeah. Cassidy. I mean, this to hear that, I mean, this is exactly why I do what I do. And I, I would love to hear that kind of 
feedback in the future from all the listeners out there. I mean, that, 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 that this is what motivates me to keep going. So why don't, why don't we keep going, uh, before I start like crying and stuff. Um, and, uh, again, thank you, Cassidy. So, okay. The book, the, the, the book is, um, coming out. Was there like a launch event that kind of uh, went with it or was it kind of just like a, Oh, it's, it's there and it's available now. Um, yeah, so that was kind of weird. So once I handed in the final draft, final photos, um, that was kind of like the end of my relationship with Idiot's Guide. It was, and it's still kind of weird to me to think about. So um, so I don't make commissions on it or anything. Like It really was the contract I'd wanted, like paid up front to write it and then no strings attached after. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of did... <laughs> A launch on Succulents and Sunshine. So it came out December um, 2015. Um, and quite a few people did buy it, but um, I wasn't selling it directly through my website because it ended up not being very cost effective for me to sell it directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up just linking to Amazon and my affiliate commission was about the same as um, what I would have made actually selling it myself. So it was... It was kind of like a not super exciting launch. Like I was happy to have it out and kind of cool to have it on my, kind of on my resume is almost how I thought of it. Um, but yeah, there hasn't been like a whole lot of excitement around it since then. I've done like one book signing at a nursery um, down in Escondido. Um, it's literally right, other, next to, right next door to me. Yeah, yeah. See, that's... Uh, it was kind of my home away from home. That was where I went to buy succulents, photograph succulents um, for the book, and just any other time we felt like we wanted to go. So here's the big something. here's the big question: Was it worth doing? Yes, it definitely was. But I don't think I would do it again. <laughs> I think we can understand why you wouldn't do it again. But also, I'm curious: What do you feel was the benefit of doing this besides, um, you know, just making a few sales, uh, sales here and there. So I do feel like it, um, I do feel like it adds some legitimacy to the blog. Mm -hmm. You know, it, um, kind of adds some authority that I have a published book. Um, and I also developed a lot of, um, relationships while I was working on the book that could have happened otherwise, but maybe wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also kind of just made me realize um, for the same amount of work that I put into the book, I could have done a lot on the website that would pay off now, but also down the road. So ultimately, I feel like it was just like a good learning experience. Learned a lot about signing contracts and negotiation and um even just learning more about how the publishing industry works um, was really interesting. So it it was, yeah, it's good. That's pretty cool. So to finish up, like um, what is next for succulents and sunshine? Like what are, where where are you going with this or um, are there more courses coming out books? What's, what's next on your calendar? So I have a few more eBooks that I'm trying to kind of, um, figure out and finalize. Um, unfortunately, they are going to take longer than some of the previous ones just because I have to wait. Um, I guess the nature of the content requires that I photograph over the course of a year. I see. Um, 
So I'm not an especially patient person. So that's been a little tough. So for these me. are like new experiments and stuff that you're doing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really focusing right now on, um, cold hardy succulents since most of the, um, U S which is probably my biggest market. Um, most of us don't have, you know, really mild winters like San Diego does. And there's only, um, a select group of succulents that will survive a frost or snow. And so I'm kind of headed that direction with it. I have an uh, affiliate partner that specializes in cold, hardy succulents. And so between the two of us, we're trying to figure out a a way to kind of increase that exposure um, and kind of bring that California type landscape to people um, really anywhere, but um, especially in kind of some of these mountainous climates. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so interesting to hear like the the strategy and, um, you know, the fact that you're going to be opening up this new market and kind of you're going through these experiments. As you know, this is something I like to do on SPI. That's that's how I get most of my content is just through doing and then sharing. Right. Like I, I had gone through through moments of SPI where like you, Cassidy, I just was like, oh, well, I think I talked about everything I need to talk about. And then, you know, of course, there are with the industry that I'm in. Uh, you know, there's like new technologies that come out and things change every once in a while. And, you know, that becomes something to talk about. But in general, like a lot of the, a lot of the things are going to stay the same no matter what platforms you're on, no matter what technology you're using. But every time I've run an experiment, it's just created massive amounts of content. And plus, it's like it's it's real life. And, you know, who knows what might happen? So, it, like, I'm sure in the case with succulents, like you might try something and maybe it doesn't work out, in which case now you can report on that and kind of you know, you're being the expert by doing it first and sharing the results one way or another. Yeah. And that's actually been kind of the fun part of it for me. Um, I think the people who consistently read the blog, um, well, I know they expected me to have like this really beautiful, um, perfect succulent garden. But uh, last summer, I actually posted pictures of what my garden really looks like. And people were just shocked because it's not at all what they pictured. And stuff was stuff was dying. Stuff looked good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of everything's kind of in transition because, you know, I'm photographing stuff for one project mm-hmm. and then other plants get neglected because I'm working on something else. And yeah, so it was not the, the picturesque garden most people had imagined. That's so but, interesting. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was thank, fun. Thank you, Cassidy, again for, for sharing this. Um, one quick question. If I wanted to learn more about succulents, um, what one article should I read on your website or where should I go? Um, I would go to, so it's succulentsandsunshine.com and it should just always be on the homepage, but how to water succulents. That's mm. probably the number one um, number one post I recommend to people because it's the most common um, problem with succulents is watering. Got it. Awesome. Cassidy, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your story and, and sharing how much uh, SPI has made an impact on you and your life. And uh, thank you to your family as well for letting you come to San Diego and, and hang out with me and a bunch of other people for a little bit. And I uh, so look forward to seeing you again in the future and learning more about what you've been up to. So uh, any any final words of encouragement to finish off for the people who are listening today who, you know, might be at that point where you are at kind of 
before that fall that you gave yourself a deadline for as you were just kind of transitioning into succulents um if you could kind of think back a little bit to how you were at that time i mean i think there's a lot of people listening who are at that moment right now uh, what would you say to them to encourage them to move forward um i would just say to just keep at it if something's not working you know tweak it or try something a little different but just keep moving forward and try not to get hung up on the things that aren't going well. Um, Cause I know that can be overwhelming if there's a lot of problems, but yeah, just keep trying to find a way to make it work because you almost always can find a way. Yeah. It's not easy, but you can find a way. <laughs> yeah. Cassidy, you rock. Thank you so much again. Succulents, uh, succulents, plural and sunshine.com. And uh, look forward to catching up later. Thanks Cassidy. Thank you. All right, everybody, I hope you really enjoyed that interview with Cassidy Tuttle from succulentsandsunshine.com. And I hope that gives you inspiration too. It doesn't matter what niche you're in. It matters what you provide for that niche. And obviously, this is a pretty obscure niche, um, but it shows you what the possibilities are. And I wanna encourage all of you to take action and keep going just like Cassidy did and talked about. And Cassidy, once again, thank you so much. You can check her out. One more time at succulentsandsunshine.com. And if you want to get all the links and things mentioned in this episode, as always, you can go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 283. And just to give you a little bit of a teaser of what's coming up next week, we are, and actually the next couple weeks, we're kind of featuring more stories in and around the Kickstarter scene. Kickstarter is an amazing platform you can use to not only validate your business ideas to gain exposure to brand new audiences, but also help your tribe support you in a project that you're working on. And so we're going to have interviews with experts in the crowdfunding kickstarting space, interviews with successful uh, product owners, and it's going to be a lot of fun. There was actually a blog post on SPI earlier this week here in September 2017. If you want to check it out by John Lee Dumas, who is doing some amazing stuff in the Kickstarter world as well. So we'll link to that in the show notes. And I just want to say, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for all of the support. And if you haven't done so yet, just subscribe to the show. we got more stuff coming. All right, guys, thanks so much. Love you. See you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.